Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, this is marketing. It is indeed. That sentence is our watchword for the rest of the show, and it's the title of Seth Godin's newest book. He's written 19 bestsellers, he's an entrepreneur, a marketing genius, and most of all, he's a teacher. He's here to teach us how to market this podcast. Would we still be Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone if millions of people listened? Seth Godin will solve this existential dilemma. Plus, you've reached customer service. We listen to your complaints about our show. We don't promise to pay attention to them, though. I'm Adam Felber, the man who every week issues a call to action in the hopes that our conversation will travel down a conversion path and end with a sale of coherency. And now, please welcome the woman with the world's highest topical bounce rate, Paula Poundstone! Hey, guys! Oh, I'm doing great. Oh, so nice to be here in my hot, sweaty room in Santa Monica. Yeah, and I'm here. I'm here in uh, Valley Village, California. I'm, I'm loving it here. I want to welcome tonight's house band from all the way over in Oakland, California. That's Eli Wise on the guitar. Yay! Thank you, Eli. Hey. Eli's, a, Eli's a proud nobody, and he will be our house band all night. Terrific. Now, um... How, how's it been, Paula? How's it hanging? Good. Everything's, you know, everything's good enough. I, um, you know, Adam, was it on our show where someone said, or did I learn this off of like a Snapple lid or something? This new idea that um, cats meow only because of humans. Have you heard that before? No, no, I have not. It definitely wasn't on this show because I've got a relatively good memory for this show. Okay, there's a theory that... And I don't think we've ever mentioned cats. No, that's the sort of thing we would never bring up. There's a theory that right. I've heard, <laughs> except for yes. I think I've heard it not as a theory, but like, oh, this is a true thing, that cats only meow to communicate with humans and that they didn't, like, it's only because of us that they started doing that. And and I when I first heard it, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And now I think about it, I think, well, that's ridiculous. 
they, 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 what do you mean? Well, why would nature have given them vocal cords at all? If, if they, well, I mean, that I, doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, don't meow on my account. Well, <laughs> I think they, I think they probably were able to make sounds much like a lion or a tiger can roar. Well, precisely. And that probably over the years of do, over the years of domestication, and and you know what, this harkens back to what our um, guest, our, our dog expert from two weeks ago, um, told us, which is we, you know, we covered the fact that wolves in the wild can't move their eyebrows. Oh yeah. You know, whereas whereas domestic dogs, <laughs> you know, they pull the they pull this Groucho Marx thing on us because it, it makes us empathize with them. Yeah, you know, I'm more like a domestic dog because I got to tell you something. My eyebrows have begun to take over my entire face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that'll happen. Yeah, and you know, I've, I've been thinking, I actually had to I, call a gardener to help me with my eyebrows. Really? Yeah. Like a weed whacker yeah, kind of exactly. gardener? Yeah, exactly. That's how out of control it's uh, gotten. Now, the neighbors have started to I, complain. The neighbors have started to complain about my eyebrows. That's how overgrown they've gotten. I, I have no idea. what. Wow. I, and I'm not one of those people who like ever that's shaved them off. That weird thing that people do where they shave them off and then they draw them in or have them woven. Right. Or, so I don't do any of that. One time I was walking in Beverly Hills a long time ago and I was going past this business that was, um, what do they call that? The eyebrow thing? Eyebrow weaving or uh, something? Sure they do. I don't know. Uh, and, eyebrow waxing? No, not eyebrow waxing. That, What's the thing? Isn't that's it? That's the opposite of what that is. Buddy. Isn't it like weaving? <laughs> Tony, yeah. what eyebrow is it? I think there's t- Tony Anita Hull knows. Threading. Tony Anita Hull. Thank We're going to introduce you, you in a minute, but threading. 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 Yeah. Threading. And the person who owned the business, I presume, had a sign in the window. It say his name was like I don't know John Daly, right? It said, uh, "I was born into the world to thread eyebrows." And then it said John Dewey. And I thought, you know, on what day of one's life do you realize that? Like, how old were you? You know, like when people are, you know, they begin to discover their sexuality. They go, oh, I knew since the third grade. Like, when when do you realize that you're born into the world to thread eyebrows? And was it before eyebrow threading began? I think that's an important caveat. Um. Or I, you know, I don't know. We need to get an eyebrow threader on this show because I don't know anything about it. But I, I suspect that they might be able to help wolves out. Yeah, exactly. So, so wolves would and, be and, cuter. And, and that, and also, pe- that also brings up a question. And yeah, exactly. That brings up a question in my mind. Is it that they haven't evolved it as, as we were told on this show? Or is it that too many wolves get too much Botox? Well, that could be. Well, I think, you know, they just haven't felt the need to be cute. You know, oh, whereas yeah. dogs that, feel the right. need to be cute so that they get rescued from a shelter, so they get a little treat, right. you know, so they can be right. on the on the cover of a, a dog food bag. Um, every dog, every puppy, and, every puppy. It is the dream of every puppy born into the world to be a logo. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. And pa- Paula, I would sub- submit to you that that same kind of list of things is not completely dissimilar to the reason why cats have evolved all those different vocalizations. You know, I thought you were still talking as a dog when you said I would submit to you. <laughs> 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 I 
And I was, was going to say, that's I not necessary. Not. I don't require that. Uh, we could just be friends. You don't have to roll over on your back and expose your belly. Oh, but not, as long as I'm rolled over, what are you going to do? Uh, belly rub. Come on. Come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Okay. Well, I um, personally, hey, as long as- I personally, first yeah. of all, my cats, uh, I don't let them sleep in the bedroom with me. So they, they're all out, you know, in the living room at night. And I hear them out there meowing and hissing at each other and, you know, Row! all that all night long. And I'm not involved in any way. So they, I think that, and I can't remember where <laughs> I read it. I think it might have been from yeah. that. Okay. You know that thing on Twitter? Uh, do you follow this thing? I don't even know why it's on my Twitter, but it is. It's a thing called Uber, and it tells these interesting little facts. Uber like the rideshare service? Yeah, but it's not the rideshare service. It's a Twitter handle okay. for something. But um, No, I don't. I, I don't follow um, off-brand Uber <laughs> whatever yeah, it no, is. No, it's not a rideshare <laughs> service. You, you would get in the car Uber with facts. anyone. If there was a wolf... And behind the steering wheel, moving its eyebrows at you, you'd get in the car with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't believe in. I, all right, I don't believe in the driving Uber, but I like this thing that I follow where they tell you an interesting fact. It may have come from there, though. In which case, I, I now I don't trust the source um, because I don't think that's true about cats. So the only fun facts there, you can rely on are the ones I supply. The ones you make up, yeah. Um, somewhere yeah. out no, there. No, I don't make them up. They're real facts. Yeah. Somewhere out there, um, there is a, a, a nobody who knows the answer to this. And uh, I look forward to hearing from them. Right. And we're actually <laughs> going to be hearing from lots of nobodies later on the show. For now, though, let's talk, let's talk to our actual nobody crew. We're going to go around the horn and see what's new with them this week. Over in Sherman Oaks, California, Tony Anita Hall, our producer. What is new with you? Um, well, I've been out protesting and signing petitions and all of that good stuff. Good um, for you, just Tony. Trying not to be, thanks, trying not to be a Karen. So, I Don't you feel yeah, so... Yeah, I hear you. Don't you feel so bad for people named Karen? <laughs> yes. I've got so many wonderful friends named Karen. And, like, and, and they're like nice people, activists. You know, they do a lot of charity work and they've been saddled with the name of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little cruel. You would think they could have chosen something not as common either, because there's a lot of Karens being damned by that. Uh, yeah. Karen Valentine, for example, can't show her face. Karen Carpenter? Well, doesn't show her face. Not not, not much anymore. No. Um, yeah. So good for you, Tony Anita Hull. She, Tony Anita Hull's the real thing, you know? She's uh, she lives she, is. she lives there in, in her little Polly Pocket apartment with uh, the for Mike a desk underneath the phone in the kitchen slash office, and she gets an amazing yeah. amount of work done. Where is uh, Captain Crinkle? Where's Bonnie? Bonnie uh, Burns, Captain Crinkle. You know, Paula, I'm back in my bedroom on my bed with the impressive uh, headboard. Oh, <laughs> boy, you really get around. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Barney, you were downstairs only a week ago. Yeah. yeah no, I've moved a lot. Yeah. This uh, is like when you see... And that's probably... What? Well, this is like when you see a snail on the sidewalk in the morning, and then that night you go out, and it's, you know, and it's... 
and it's near the um, the doormat, and you're like, whoa, look how far that got. And that's, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> Tremendous yeah. amount. I'm still wearing the same Navy T-shirt that you saw me wearing in the <laughs> Zoom call that we did on Sunday, and I think the one on Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're kind of... Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll leave that on so that when the EMTs yeah. come, they'll have to cut it off of you because it's... Yeah. <laughs> when are you going to need the jaws of life to get her out of this T-shirt? <laughs> and pretty much all I've done is work and not change the T-shirt. And I'm up here sitting on the bed, and there you have it. Wow. And you're, Wow, Bonnie. And you're, you know what? I went to a odd graduation party on Sunday. I got a, you know, an Evite to go into these people's alley and, uh, <laughs> you know, celebrate their kids' um, high school graduation. And, but I, you know, I had my mask on and I brought Mo with me so I couldn't go near anybody anyways because she wouldn't tolerate it because I have the only <laughs> mean golden retriever on the planet. Um, it was as if she was protecting me from, um, you know, from uh, moisture droplets, uh, respiratory droplets. She, right. Every time anybody came near. That's so a highly her. trained dog. But, you know, we yeah. had. So let's see. The family is friends of ours through our elementary school. Right. So this is their youngest daughter finally, you know, graduating from high school. So you know, all the people that are there. Well, of course, we're all wearing masks. And uh, this one guy starts talking to me and he said, he goes, you know what? Uh, you are really funny. I'm sorry I didn't know that before. And I was like, oh, well, I said, well, wow. I said, well, that's okay. I'm not worried about that, but thank you. That's very nice. So, and he talks for a little bit more, and I'm like, uh huh, uh huh. And we're kind of talking about the issues of the day. And then finally, he asked me about my son. And I kind of wondered why he even knew who my son was. And then I realized it was apparent from Thomas's kindergarten, but I didn't even recognize the guy. I didn't know who he was because we're all wearing masks. You, you know, if you're going to wear yeah. masks, there needs to be a name tag as well. That's, there should be a law. I think, I think that's fair because people, I, I guess I'm kind of recognizable even without, even with a mask, which I find a little insulting. Um, no, you are because, recognizable. Uh, you know. Yeah, you are. Yeah, Why? Why? Uh, I don't know. You have a... Why? You have a... Yeah. I have a what? <laughs> well, you, I have a what? I think this guy had a hat on, too, and he's and he's bald, so I didn't even have the bald element to help me out. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm just going to let that lie. I've been, I've been, to, I've been to no fewer than, um, than four drive-by birthday parties uh, for the kids and, and for uh, one adult over the last week and a half. You know what you have to do is you have to have like a lasso at the car window just to get the cake. No, they. You know what they? <laughs> they like people. People are really learning how to do this, which makes me kind of sad. They they um, they wear gloves. They've got trays with like, like little favors and cupcakes for the kids. It's it's really tragic. You know what I did? I had gone to the dog park also on Sunday. So what I did was I stole the pooper scooper equipment. And when I drove oh, by clever. this party, I just swept a, uh, a slice of cake right into the pooper scooper thing. <laughs> yeah. And then I got a distance away and was able to eat it uh, in without. I'm going to get one of those one of those portable Dyson vacuums for the next one, so I can just sweep up the cr- the crudités on my way by. Yeah. 
Yeah. These are Get like nine pigs in a blanket. Yeah. By the way, you know who I would love? Yeah. Uh, you know who I'd love to have on the show sometime is Mr. Dyson. Oh, the vacuum guy. Yeah. I, lo- I have a yeah. Dyson vacuum. And I've always felt that since I own so many cats and two big dogs, like why haven't they sought me out? Because nobody knows vacuuming like I know vacuuming. We should have him on the show and then he should become an advertiser. Tony Anita Hall, please get on that. Oh, she's on, on it. it. I can tell she's on it, right? Bon- you know, Bonnie, I, I want I want you to be in your backyard by this time next week. That's your assignment. That's a long ways. <laughs> That's a Wait, long ways for her to go. You were breaking up. Oh, he, he said he wants you to be in your backyard by next week. Oh, I see you. Oh, that's giving me an assignment like to venture out. Yeah, that's a long way well, to go. Well, I, I just have to say you've you've proven to be uniquely unsuited to this. So what's new with you segment? Yeah, well, I had the earbud thing. Yeah. Oh, the earbud. Th- you know what? I stand corrected. That was that was a legendary. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone yeah. moment. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who, who yeah. weren't here for it, and I, I urge you to go back and listen to it. I think it was show number 99 or 100. Um, Bonnie Burns, uh, a few weeks ago, uh, noticed that she was having a pain in her ear. And uh, it, it went on for several days before she <laughs> bit the bullet, went to a doctor, and found out that she had the, uh, the, the, the rubber end of an earbud, earbud embedded in her ear canal. <laughs> <laughs> that she'd just uh, she'd accidentally abandoned there. You know, I don't like, I don't care about celebrating like our hundredth show makes no difference to me. But I think a year from the from this episode where Bonnie got the earbuds stuck in her ear would be well worth. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, agree. developing a tradition a- around. You know what I mean? Like you give each other some sort of um, hearing protection. Or uh, yes. antibiotics. It's a fantastic no. idea, I think. I figured out what happened. So this is like a warning for the nobodies. <laughs> okay. So, you know, the little... Uh, silo- nobody needs this warning. No, they do. <laughs> <laughs> so the little silicone thing is like, you know, you put over the earbud to for comfort in your ear. And I must have been... I was listening to the show, then I was really, really tired. So I yanked out the earbud, and that came out, and the little silicone thing stayed stuck in my ear. Then I didn't know it was in there. And, you know, a couple of days, whatever. <laughs> I just, okay, Bonnie, I, 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 I just... To take it out. Don't, I don't think that's much of a public service announcement, because no. I don't think much of the... Pub, general public is in any danger of yanking an earbud out and leaving a piece of it in their ear. I think no. that message is don't yank the earbud out. No, here's what you do. Every night, and this, uh, Bonnie, listen as best you can. Every night before you go to bed, you take your smartphone and you hold it beside your head and you take a picture of of one ear. You take a picture of another ear and any items you find in there. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. So this is really a broader uh, 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 public service Yeah, it'll, it'll allow you to be able to say things like, oh, so that's where I left that sock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to try the picture thing. It yeah. sounds interesting to see what you, you know, to look at what you'd see in there. I'm going to try that tonight. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Just to see what that would look like. 
indie filmmaker Bonnie Burns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do the comparison to see if the one that had the bud looks any different still than the one that didn't. Yeah, there's going to You know what? Wow. <laughs> Let you know. I, I want to take a moment here and promise our listeners that we will not be posting these pictures on our Facebook page. There's going to be um, inside your ear, there's going to your hair follicle, which is, you know, that's the whole thing for your listening. You knock the hair follicles down, you're done. They can't stand them back up again. They're, they're, it's not like baby teeth. But there's going to be like right near the hair follicle, there's going to be a little uh, uh, protest sign that says, fuck you, don't put shit in here. all right that's a beautiful place to put a pin in this conversation and move on paula do you have a word for us this week uh of course i do and it's detritus it's an oh i love that word it's a noun that means debris or waste material here i'll use it in a sentence when the city workers who drive the trash trucks spill detritus, they leave styrofoam peanuts, shredded paper, and plastic coffee cup lids dancing in their wake. And, and you know, Adam, my vocabulary song has become so normal for listeners. It, it's almost comfort food, I feel. Um, here, almost? Oh, it's almost, almost? It's almost comfort food. Here, um, hold on. I'm, I'm now, this is this week's... Uh, vocabulary song. Here we go. This week's word is detritus. It's a noun that means debris or waste material, like the box from Reese's Puffs or even in the cereal. Last week's word was incommodious. It's an adjective that means causing discomfort or inconvenience, like when the meter maid doesn't show any lenience. The week before that, we had casuistry. It's a noun that means the use of clever but false reasoning. It's not wrong to eat meat if you use seasoning. Going back before that, we had augury. It's a noun that means a sign of what will happen in the future, an omen. After the Seder, the kids are going to find the afikomen. And not long ago, we had cavil. <laughs> it's a verb that means make trivial complaints or objections. I don't want a condom on my boyfriend's erections. And this one's almost... <sighs> and this one's almost in my head. It's in your... It's a verb that means become used to something, especially something unpleasant, like not being in school to say present. Let's never forget... Gallimaufry, which I used to pronounce wrong until nobody James Hyder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused jumbler medley of things. Hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Okay. Oh, wait. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, but I do. I do. I do. There you Adam go, Adam doesn't Paula. think wow, my song is replicable, yeah. replicable, replicable, but I do, I do, I do. I don't Yay. think those were the right I do notes. Oh, my gosh. You know, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. Yeah? I have become inured to that song. Oh, have you? Yes, I have. Uh, you know what I like about that song? And I think that's a perfect usage. You, uh, no. It's a it's a it's a gallimaufry of of right. uh, of words. Uh you know, they're not, you know, it's 
It's not all nouns. It's not all adjectives. There, you know. Yeah, it's, there's it, some that are a little more common than others. I like it. I like it. It's a it's changed. It's a confused jumble for sure. It's uh, no, it's not a confused jumble. It's uh, you know that is the definition of gallimaufry. Oh, good point. Hello. <laughs> It is our French Trump announcing to you uh-huh. nobody that I will outsmart the press, the enemy of the people, at another French Trump presidential press conference mini podcast that drops each week on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time. There is a three-hour time difference, which I calculated with no computer, no scratch paper, because I am a very stable genius. Hello, Adam Philbert. Hello, French Trump, our <laughs> second favorite um Hand puppet on this podcast. How's it hanging for you, French Trump, all these days? I'm the, I'm, I see Antifa everywhere. I'm not sure that you are not Antifa, Adam Felbert. Tony Anita Hall is a major conspirator with Antifa. <laughs> I don't think she's a conspirator. She's been demonstrating, but exactly. I don't think she's part of an organization. She has been demonstrating that she is a part of Antifa. Antifa. They are all part of Antifa. Um, no more Antifa. I sign an order saying, no more Antifa. All right. Well, I will be well, on. Uh, as a, I can't answer questions now, Adam Felbert. It's no time. I will answer on the, uh, 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 at the French Trump presidential conference mini podcast that drops each week on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. All right. I don't mind keeping you balkanized to those, French Trump. So uh, <laughs> thanks for dropping by. I have to go inspect my bunker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy, I tell you, Paula. Oh, a lot of bunker inspections. Right. Yeah, he is, the, he is the bunker baby. All right, coming up, everybody, Seth Godin has written, Marketers make things better by making change happen. Well, how can we change the size of our podcast audience? Seth Godin himself will suggest how to market this show. That's coming up when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because when Helix first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort 
and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, William Rand said, McNally, do I have to draw you a map? <laughs> Thank you, house band Eli Wise. Thanks, Eli. All right, Paula, we just did our 100th episode of this podcast a couple weeks ago. We celebrated it in high style. We've been marketing this podcast for two years now, but I'm here to say there's room for growth. I think there's, you know, from what I hear on the news about the numbers of people in the country, in the world, there's plenty of room for growth. Yeah. I mean, and in point of fact, we have a very nice, you know, by podcast standards, we have a reasonably big audience, but we need to keep growing. Yeah. And we have great listeners, by the way. We, Absolutely the best. The quality of our listeners, I would put up against any. Yeah, pretty much any. And this, I, I mean, and this is in every event. I mean, uh, track and field. Sure. Uh, uh, gymnastics. Right. Uh, anything. Arm wrestling. Yeah. We yeah. Have, Bi we, I don't yeah. think biathlon. If there's anybody out there who's good at shooting while skiing, who's a nobody, let us know. Because I'm guessing that the one event that we shouldn't put our listeners through as a team would be biathlon. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm hoping they just wouldn't be that silly. <clears throat> I remember that. I've only seen the biathlon one time, and I thought it was the stupidest thing I'd ever seen. It was just plain It's pretty weird. stupid, but I watch it. I mean, as I think I've told you before, I'm a, I'm a fanatic for the Olympics. No, I don't think I realized that. Oh, I love the Olympics. Winter, Is that because summer. of your background in the Olympics? Yes. Wait, you know what? What am I doing? We're we're keeping waiting. The greatest I, guest. Yes, that's right. Let's do this. We have a marketing genius with us on the phone who will probably have something to say to us about digressions. Seth Godin has published 19 best-selling books, including his latest book, This Is Marketing. In 2015, he created the Alt-MBA, a life-changing 30-day workshop. More than 60,000 people have taken his online courses, including the marketing seminar and several on Udemy. Is it Udemy? It's Udemy. It's new to me. He is in the Guerrilla Marketing Hall of Fame, the Direct Marketing Hall of Fame, and just recently, the plain old No Modifier Marketing Hall of Fame. Please welcome Seth Godin. Yay! Wow. Thanks, guys. Seth, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. I need to segue by starting about the thing you said that changed my life years ago, Paula. You probably don't remember. Here's what you said. There was a snowstorm in Boston or thereabouts, and you went to do a comedy show that you had previously signed up to do. And you get there, and there's only two people in the audience. And you're standing on the stage, and you're hating on these two people. You're angry. (laughs) A couple minutes into it, you realize they're the good ones. The people to be angry at are the people who aren't there yet. And instead... You showed up for the two people in the room and you killed. And I got to tell you, I think about that story at least once a week. Wow. wow. And you have, have you applied that to, your, to any of the, your principles of marketing? All of it. So let's be clear. Marketing is not advertising or hype. Like in LA, they're all the same. But that's not what marketing really means. Marketing is what? Oh. What? Yeah. I said, oh, yeah. go ahead. What marketing is, is living a story, telling a story, showing up with something that makes things better for someone who wants it. And what, like that? That's how you decide not to make grapefruit flavored ketchup because no one wants that. It was a marketing decision to make ketchup taste like tomatoes instead. And so the hardest marketing you've already done, which is you made this podcast a hundred times over and over again, and you're pleasing the people you're showing up for. The thing you want, if you're going to grow, is not how do I spend more money to get on the Apple list or uh, run a billboard on Sunset Boulevard. It's how do I get the people who are already listening to be so into it that they tell their friends. That is how you change everything. Wow. So here's the other Paula Poundstone riff from my family life, which is 20 years ago, you made a CD. I didn't think it was possible to wear out a CD. We wore it out. Uh, It's politically incorrect to even talk about the topic of the jokes on the CD, but it has to do with somebody in your family is dealing with a weight problem jokes. And one of the punchlines was, one at a time, please. And (laughs) you said it with such glee that my kids and I exchanged that as a code word for more than 10 years, for any reason. One at a time, please. And you know what, Seth? I don't think this is me. Yeah, it is. I know it is. I don't think it is. 
I, uh, I'm pretty sure it isn't. All right, I'll have to do a little bit more research, but I think it was. Anyway. I wish it was. I'll get back to you on this. Here we go. <laughs> All right. It's a good joke either way. Don't ruin my story. But Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> we need this man's help. Almost everyone has heard of Twitter. Almost everyone has heard of a fax machine. How did you hear about them? Not from TV ads, not even because the people who made them begged their users to tell the others. The reason is simple, because life is better if the people you know have a fax machine so you can send them a fax. Life is better mm-hmm. if people follow you on Twitter. It's good for you to get your friends to use it. And so when we think about podcasts that have grown exponentially, like, um, I can't remember the first word, Discovering, Finding Richard Simmons. Why did that yeah. grow so fast? It's not because the host asked people to tell their friends. It's because the people who were listening to it were desperate to be able to talk to somebody else about what they were hearing. And oh. that is the formula. Oh, okay. All right. I got to write that down. Um, so if we were, and because I know a lot of these podcasts are, have mysteries like that, like uh, Serial and, and the Richard Simmons one, do you think it would be to our advantage to come across a dead body on a future podcast? No. Because <laughs> then, then, then there'd be a mystery, is my point. Yes, but that's not... You, I think you took the wrong lesson from the story I just told. It's possible. I'm not surprised. <laughs> the lesson is not that you should start a social media company, nor should you report on someone who may or may not be dead. The lesson is to create tension for the listener that can only be relieved by having them engage with someone else. There's lots of different kinds of tension. And it's the tension of being able to share when you're feeling something generous that you want to share or when you're feeling behind or when you're feeling lonely. If you open the door to make it that they can share that, then they will because it's good for them, not because it's good for you. Got you. You know, um, all right, this this is a break. This is a major breakthrough right here. Now I need I need to interrupt myself because you foolishly gave me access to the internet while I was talking to you. And so, not that I wasn't paying attention, but on no. November on November 18th, 2005, 15 years ago, I bought a CD called New and Not Bad Pretty Good Jokes Prairie Home Companion Audio parentheses parentheses featuring Paula Poundstone, performer. There you go. Okay. I don't know if you got royalties, but that's the one yes. that has one at a time, please, on it. All right. I do have to confess this then. Um, yes, the way the joke show worked was that these jokes got sent in ah. um, or researched or found. And right. so I did read the joke. That's got why it. I didn't recognize it. But you're right then. That was me. My okay. mistake. You know, All right. I, with the mask on, I can hardly even recognize me. <laughs> Um, All right, let me ask you this. So should I be doing something different or marketing the podcast differently? What would be, if you took a look at where we stand, what would you suggest? If you took over our account, what would you suggest? Okay, so we're going to go like six levels up here. If you think about the, the problem that radio solved 15 years ago, it's I'm in the car, it's 11 a.m., oh, wait, wait is on, or whatever. 
There's only one mm-hmm. show that I like, and it's on once at a time. And mm-hmm. what podcasting did is blow that up completely. And right. there are now millions of podcasts. So if we average the number of podcasts into the number of people who listen to podcasts, there's about 250 listeners per podcast. So if this podcast has more than 250 people, you're above average, Paula. Now. We're definitely above average. You're way above average. So the question then is, what are you trying to accomplish? If you're trying to sell ads and get to scale like a radio show can get to scale, you're going to have to pander to the masses and you will hate that. Because Mm -hmm. what makes them the masses is there's a lot of them. And by Mm -hmm. having them be a lot of them, they're average. That's the definition of average. The alternative is to be specific. And if you're going to be specific, you say, I don't want everyone. I want someone. I want people who would miss me if I didn't show up next week. I want to be peculiar. And to be peculiar, to be the one and only, means leaning further into that and making it less like every other podcast. And the goal is to find what Kevin Kelly calls 1,000 true fans. 1,000 people who, if you asked them to send you 100 bucks for something, would do it. 1,000 people who would back you on Patreon. 1,000 people who will tell their friends if you ask them. Because that's actually enough to get started. And if you get to 10,000 true diet-in-the-wool fans, you're, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. I like that. And so now I, let's say we want more. Right. So, <laughs> but the, the answer to more is the more peculiar you make it, right? If you uh-huh. think about the, the legends of music, they're not the monkeys, they're the Grateful Dead and Bob Dylan. Because the monkeys went straight for the middle. And yeah, last train to Clarksville, but mostly it was average music for average people. It is possible to get ever more peculiar until the. You've gone so far to an edge using the freedom you've got that people can't help but talk about it. So every time you find yourself tempted to make it sound like everybody else's podcast, you should run in the other direction. Oh, interesting, interesting advice, yeah. Wow, yeah. Now, um, I heard you talk in one of the talks about finding sort of specific customers. Mm-hmm. Um, can you explain how you might decide which potential listeners those are which i like actually i like that a lot because you know what here's the thing the audience that comes to see me in theaters and the nobodies are literally my best friends i love them people write to me we have really funny um interactions uh, the people who post on facebook mm-hmm. uh which is you know the little ways in which I know them, but also what people say to me when they come up to me. They are really, really cool and fun. Um, So you're right. I don't necessarily want everybody, um, but are there people that I don't have that I would target in another way? So the thing is, if you said to the nobodies, uh, if you can assemble a hundred other friends, uh, I'll come to a house party for you on Zoom for 15 minutes. The nobody who's applying to you for the privilege of doing that knows their status is going to go up with their friends. And they're going to hustle like crazy to win that contest or to be one of those people who becomes a node in building the network, right? But the magic of it is you're not racing down the highway that everyone else is on. You've already got this smallest viable audience. That's what I call it. So, you know, my podcast, which is called The Kimbo, I've just crossed 100 
episodes as well. I have never had a guest. I record it in the shower of uh, my home office by myself on a Zoom recorder. That's the you whole thing. You don't get shocked? I don't get shocked because I don't turn the water on, Paula. Oh, I, I, we can go, we can go over some of the tech, <laughs> but the the point is, I got a hundred thousand listeners. I don't want a million listeners. It's for them, and mm-hmm. knowing that I have that relationship, and being able to go say this is it. It doesn't sound like anybody else's podcast. I do the things you're not allowed to do or supposed to do on podcasts. This is what I do. It's for you or yep. not for you, and you right. can organically turn it into something that you want. Because if your goal is just to cash out, you should go work for Goldman Sachs. Right. They're not going to hire me. Trader Joe's didn't. Um, This is true, Seth. No, I see what you're saying. And I really, really like this. I mean, the truth is, I, um, you know, yeah. I mean, I have spent my career um, trying to be more and more myself. Yeah. You're very good um, at it. Everyone else is taken. Well, as it turns out, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did have a friend who used to say, I'll be Frank, and then she would go, no, no, you're Frank. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, will, do you think that your marketing philosophy will change at all with the damaged virus economy, or it's just more of the same? Well, so what we did over the last bunch of years is we added a whole bunch of froth to the economy. People who had nothing better to do, they had all their needs met. And so they were busy buying, you know, rose-colored terrariums and et cetera, et cetera. We fetishized spending and Uh we leveraged it deeply. The United States is in more credit card debt than any country in the history of the world. And the problem, in addition to the widespread, unevenly distributed tragedy of our time is that when you've leveraged the economy and it starts going in the wrong direction, it gets deleveraged really fast. So there's going to be a lot of dislocation and a lot of pain. But Mm -hmm. humans are humans, and they don't want to be in pain all the time. So they're going to spend their time and some of their money for joy. It's just going to be a different Mm -hmm. kind, right? So instead of chartering a jet, maybe you're just going to watch an extra half hour of some home improvement show. But you're still doing it for the same reason, to be part of something and to feel like you are uh, living. And so I don't think my strategy changes one bit. What matters is not how much is the item and where did you buy it. What matters is what's the story you tell yourself and how does engaging with any nonprofit, for-profit, political cause, thing you can buy, service, how does it make you feel? Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right, now... I noticed that on your Seth Golden's Marketing Secrets video, you got thousands of thumbs up and 61 thumbs down. Do you care? Do you look at that? Should anybody allow a negative comment on Facebook or something like that to, to in my case, make me lose my appetite for Hawaiian chips, as they sometimes do? You know, if, if 5% of the food in your refrigerator was poisonous, you would be a fool to open the refrigerator. And... I made a decision a long time ago to stop reading my Amazon reviews, good or bad, because I have never, ever met an author who said, I read all my one-star reviews and now I'm a much better writer than I used to be. (laughs) (laughs) So Yeah, that's that's, that's absolutely right. If someone gives a one-star review, they're not saying the work's no good. They're just saying the work's not for them. 
okay, you told me something yeah. about you, but you didn't tell me anything that's helpful to me. And then social media multiplied it because there are people who, for a hobby, are mean to other people. And yes. so I don't use Twitter and I don't use Facebook and I don't use Instagram. I publish some of my work there, but that's all. Because my job is not to show up and have the people amuse me. My job is for right. me to show up with the thing I have for them. And if they don't want it, that's okay. Because I'm not trying to take anything from them. I'm trying to offer something. And that's our mutual arrangement. Is This is what I'm going to do every day. And if you don't want it, you're in the wrong place. Wow. wow. Yeah, boy, uh, this is great. That's Yes, I will stop reading reviews starting now. And by the way, if you ever wrote something mean about me, I didn't read it anyway. Um, you know, Seth once wrote, people don't believe what you tell them. They rarely believe what you show them. They often believe what their friends tell them, and they always believe what they tell themselves. So stay tuned to hear what Seth tells us about marketing and see if you believe it. Hey, Paula. You know... Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i i think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? 
They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing. They cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. And we're back with Seth Godin. Seth. Can I tell you a, can I tell you a cat of the week story for a second? Yes, please. Yeah. So when I was totally. a book packager, what book packagers do is invent books that because it wasn't enough hard to believe in the 1990s for publishers to publish. They needed new stuff, hard to believe. And one of the ideas I came up with, which never got sold, was, you know, the book Who's Who, like Marquis Who's Who Among American This or American Oh, yes, sure. yes. Sure. I yeah. wanted to do Who's Who Among American Cats. And the idea was you would mail us a picture of your cat and 20 bucks, and we would put them in this big, thick, hardcover book suitable for your coffee table. That is a brilliant idea. You can have it. You should it. do That's it now. It's a great idea. It's all yours. It's really a great idea. Um, and by the way, what's 20 times 11? My cat, Haskell, years ago was Miss December, I believe it was, in the Purina cat cat calendar. And uh, I I've never been prouder. Yeah. It was so exciting. Um, you know, a little profile of her, and it, it was very exciting. Um, yeah. Now, I thought I heard you say uh, that you answer all your emails. Is that true? Okay. We're broadcasting now. Do not send me email. If someone is listening to this, I need to say that if you send me email, there's a one in four chance that you will spontaneously combust or possibly the computer could backfire and electrocute you. I have. I heard I have, you say that you never answer emails. Is that correct? That is Seth? correct. <laughs> I, I counted. And what's that address again? I counted the other day. I've answered 134,000 emails. I ha I'm gonna stop. It's it's out of control. Wow. Yeah, it's very oh, hard wow. to do. It's very hard to. You know, Eleanor Roosevelt, I believe. <laughs> I, I could swear I heard that she wrote something like 50 letters a day. Um, uh, now they maybe have been brief. It might have been, you know, thank you, thank you. Oh, lovely. Thank. I'll sh I'll tell him. Thank you. Actually, uh, but, I thought uh, you were wow. gonna say she answered all her email as well. That's what I read on 100%. the inside of a Snapple lid. Um, so do you have like a, a housekeeper or do you have an assistant or do you just let shit go? Because how does anybody answer all that? So, um, well, first I've been doing it for 30 years, but second, uh, I write every word myself. I don't have any, uh, administrative staff of any kind and I like to do this work, but I don't go to meetings. I don't watch television, uh, and I don't use social media. So that saves me a lot of time. Wow, I guess so. And you probably don't have cats. Definitely don't have cats. Yeah, because that's, that's half your day right there. Exactly. That's <laughs> nothing but vacuuming and uh, cleaning rogue puddles of pee. Um, 
I'm impressed by these ideas that you're sharing that are that are big ideas, not ideas that I've heard before. So big and I think uh, a new perspective um, uh, that you say them so succinctly. Maybe I'm just marvel at anybody who's succinct because frankly, it's not a a quality I've been able to uh, I, even I, approach from miles away. Yes. <laughs> So back to this yes. I, back to this idea of being peculiar. If you became 50% more succinct, you wouldn't be Paula anymore. And the way you talk and the buildup and the, the, the role of what's about to come is a key part of how you communicate with people. And I so admire oh. the fact that someone can listen to you for less than three seconds and know it's you. There are very few people in your line of work where that's true. Well, that's really nice to hear. That is true. What else might be an action item for me and Paula to uh, increase our listenership while maintaining our identity? Well, I think that the, um, the thing that people want in addition to escape when they're dealing with fun media is forward motion. Where is this going? And the idea that we're... <laughs> now you're really kicking my ass. So you're saying we shouldn't talk to Bonnie Burns anymore? No, it's me. Um, all right, keep going. I'm sorry, Seth. Go ahead, Seth. So the the idea that the community is evolving together, that the arc of the show keeps changing, that new features show up, that there's recurring things, that there's, you know, you we all remember, we old people on the show, when Pat Paulson ran for president. You know, oh, yeah. th these ideas that together we're going somewhere um, opens the door for people to want to find allies, to want to find people they can be with in accompaniment. And that might not be what you want to do, but we know that that journey is something that appeals to people. That's why a show like The Sopranos has to have a final episode because the goal is not to watch The Sopranos for your whole life. The goal is there's a journey and then it ends. Wow. Yeah. Paula, can we do that? A can final you run episode? for president or something? Yeah. Can I run for president? No, I, I don't think he's suggesting that we mimic what Pat Paulson did. Right. Um, okay, I'm taking the wrong message. I used to have a Pat Paulson for president uh, poster in my bedroom when I, like, had to be before the fourth grade. Um, and I, you know what's weird? Is that had he run this last time and won, we'd be in a different place right now. For sure. And a, and a better one. Um, wow. Well, Seth, this has just been incredible. This is great. I, look, I, I don't want to look, uh, I hate to do this, but I just got a text and I, I just want to share it with our listeners. It turns out that our intern Doug was just found dead on the floor of his apartment. Um, <laughs> we are going to just keep you guys posted. Um, I just want to say right away to the fam, to Doug's family and, and Tony, uh, Tony, Anita Hull. I'm sorry. I know you, you were very close to Doug, to Doug's family and everybody. I just want to I want to express our condolences. And as this story develops, we're just going to keep you guys posted as to like how this could happen and how we can catch the person responsible. Cause it does not look like it, it was an, an accident or a medical reason. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you saying, Paula? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just for, so the listeners know, cause it sounded so believable. We don't have, <laughs> I, I, think I, it, I, I think it's more important to say Seth had nothing to do with this. Seth had nothing. <laughs> Seth, Seth, did you even know Doug? <laughs> no, we have. Uh, I, I do think that most of the nobodies, 
if they didn't fall for it, it would have been because of the word intern. (laughs) (laughs) There's no school program in the world that would give you any kind of credit for uh, working on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Um, Although I'm getting school credit, but not the rest of you. Uh, Yeah, anyways... Uh, fantastic. Seth, will you... Uh, all right, I don't want to put you on the spot, so maybe I shouldn't ask, but I'll ask anyways. And that way there, the list, the nobodies can go on the journey with us. Can we have you come on again after um, I, I'll i see how uh, adopting your philosophy uh, works works for me? Uh, I will definitely agree to be on again because you guys are amazing. I will not agree to be on again as some sort of prize because my idea was a good one. Because the thing is... It doesn't oh, work. But what if we could blame you? Yeah, then you could. That's what's going to happen. And so, <laughs> the thing is, it's a journey, and you don't just do something once and then it's a miracle and it works. You know, it, uh-huh. something like Twitter took a year and a half before anybody used it. You show up, you try something, you try something else, you try something else. But the the compass is clear. I don't have a map, but the compass is clear. That's great. I don't really think Twitter is a good example, Seth. In terms of growth, not in terms of its contribution to humanity. But I mean, yeah, the idea that I'm comparing myself to Twitter is a little how about Radio Lab? Faulty. Radio Lab, that's great. That is great. That's <laughs> yeah. that's a great show. Um, all right, cool. I get what you're saying. Uh, uh, I'm just teasing you. Well, thank you, Seth, for providing us with our own little mini alt MBA. And now we're going to take all that information and run it through the old Pounstonator, Paula. Yeah, uh, Eli Wise House Band. Thank you so much. You're fantastic. If you if you could put a little background music, thank you. Excellent. Seth Godin is fantastic. Go to his website and read and listen to more of what he has to say. I felt empowered by what I learned from him. He says I'm not supposed to be trying to make a show for everybody, and with that as the goal. I've succeeded beyond everyone's wildest dreams. He says I can be as peculiar as I like, which is why the duck I have on my head right now doesn't even match my shorts. He says people want... He says people want other people to listen so they can talk about the show. Of course, that could also just end friendships. You listen to what? My job, he says, is to offer people something good, not to market it to them. So, the next $500 will automatically be in a drawing to be able to listen to the podcast free for a lifetime. And in small print, not your lifetime, but the lifetime of this duck on my head. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. His latest best-selling book is This Is Marketing. He's the founder of Akimbo, home of the Alt-MBA, and you can find his blog and everything, Seth, at sethgodin.com. Don't email him. Thank you so much for coming by, Seth Godin. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, Priceline. Fun fact, the state sport of the state of Maryland is jousting. And the state motto is, hey, let's fuck with the people who write fun facts. And we're back at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Thank you to our house band, Eli Wise. And Paula, one story we're tracking right now is the sudden and unexpected death of our intern, Doug. And um, I know a lot of <laughs> listeners out there are thinking that they they never heard Doug mentioned before today and that maybe Adam just made him up and maybe this sounds like an obvious and cynical attempt to grow our listenership by pathetically emulating all those insanely popular true crime podcasts. But I just want to say to everybody out there, nothing could be further from the truth. We're just trying to keep abreast of this really, really harrowing developing situation. Yeah. Uh, you know, Doug, Doug, Doug came to his end not long ago at all, and yet I barely remember him already. Oh, yeah. And look, we're all still just getting information about this, and I'm sure that we're going to be following the story in vital and, like, must-listen episodes in the future. But for now, let's just say Doug was found on the floor of his apartment. He died as he lived, wearing his signature kimono and jodfers, and... um. <laughs> Our hearts are broken here at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, and I'm sure that if this does end up with us getting a lot more listeners out of following how Doug was killed, um, well, th we'll take it, but that's not what we're about. Adam, do you think it's because we've been recording from home that I've sort of forgotten Doug entirely? I don't, you know, <laughs> that's, that's probably what it is, Paula. Um, it yeah, sure is I got, a, you know... I got no picture. You know, you say Doug, and just no picture comes into my mind. Yeah. There's an, em well, I, there's an empty room in my memory palace. I'll tell you what, Paul. I, I love your memory palace, but I'm going to help you find that room because, you know, I, you know, I just think that he deserves that. You know, yeah. an intern, he worked so hard for us. Um, yeah, it's a curious I, thing. This yeah. when, when exactly was the death? And well, you know, it was recently, and I'm just getting this, Paula. I'm sorry, I'm just getting this. The the LAPD is now investigating this as a murder. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So just, just bringing it up. Because the other thing I'm noticing, Adam, and this could, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, yeah. Well, I don't notice that we're behind on anything. So what were his assignments? Oh, um, Tony, Anita Hull. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> you interacted with Doug more than almost anybody. Um, what was what most of the things that Doug did? I think I feel like he was responsible for most of the things that went wrong. Most yes, of the things that fell through absolutely. the cracks. All Doug. <laughs> All Doug. Yeah, oh, I don't yeah. want to dishonor the deceased, but, yeah, you know, it's, Doug it's, it's really. Hard, it, it's hard to put into words what he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you well, say he was kind of the spirit of the show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. I would. And um, again, uh, remembering Doug, uh, we would take time to uh, talk about him more right now. Uh, but we do have other things on our schedule to do. And uh, I think we should just continue with the show as we were. Uh, yeah, so Doug people are just going to have way. to... Pe oh, yeah. It was Doug's fondest <laughs> wish. Was he blonde? He was not. Adam, was he a was Was he? He went, yeah. Yeah. The thing about Doug is he fit in everywhere and nowhere. Yeah. That was, that was Doug all over. 
And that's yeah, probably what the was, police are saying right now at the crime scene. <laughs> in many ways, he was short, and yet he could so also tall. be tall. So that's tall. what I noticed yeah. about Doug. <laughs> Anyway, uh, nobody's, yeah. I promise you, we will not rest until we get to the bottom of this case. I'd, um, I'd like to interview the sketch artist if I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's going to be quite a lifelike rendering of the, of, yeah, of the, the guy artists. we all remember so well and so poorly. Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he almost never called. Um, <laughs> no, no. Anyway, I, think, I guess we're all suspects. What? Yeah. I, you know, I hate I hate texting. And one of the things about him was that he would text and I would never see it, you know, because I don't look for texts. So that must right. have been No, why. he was texting constantly. That Doug, constant oh, texter. Oh, my gosh. You know, in some ways, although it's a tragedy, in some ways. <laughs> yes. Kind of glad he's not with us anymore, if you know what I mean. Oh, hey, 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 Paula. <laughs> this is the body. Wait till the body's cold. Well, well, that's how I, much I, I hate texting. But it is quite a mystery, and appar- apparently we're going to check in on that mystery. <laughs> apparently uh, we are. Re- anyway, on a regular basis. And <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If, we're going to stay on this and case, if you'd, people. if you'd like to be able to talk to your friends about it, well, you're going to have to talk <laughs> your friends into listening. Yeah, that's basically my point. I'm glad mm-hmm. you see it my way, Paul. Yeah, well, right, of course, Doug's, of family, Doug's, Doug's family's going to start listening. Oh, my gosh. Oh, we should and probably Doug, take calls from them at some point. Yeah, yeah. On, on, a, on a future episode that you all might want to get your friends to listen to so that right, you have honestly. something to talk to them about. Yeah. All right. Well, this, Paula, speaking of our listeners, uh, we invite them to write to us, and sometimes they have complaints. So one thing we've decided to start doing this week, and you can follow along whenever we do it again— we're opening up a customer service department. Which, frankly, we couldn't do when Doug was here. No, we couldn't. <laughs> Doug, Doug hated this idea, and that was uh, yeah. that was considered like, well, what, you know, he was, the last time I saw him or talked to him, he was angry about us doing this bit. Every time I would suggest, well, let's have a customer service counter, Doug would just stand in the way of it. And uh, yeah, which is which is way more power than an intern should have had. But um, it also shows minute. that Paula Poundstone had a Trump's, conflict with Doug. I'm reading one of Trump's tweets right now. Right. He wonders if Joe Scarborough mightn't have had something to do with Doug. Wow. <laughs> I feel like he's just hopping on our bandwagon. Um, yeah, it's not slander because he doesn't put a period at the end. It's a question mark. It's just okay. a question. So, just a yeah. question. So it's not slander. We're all just asking questions. So um, anyway, producer Tony Anita Hall has a handful of customer service issues for us to respond to. Tony, <laughs> what are the what are the nobodies out there concerned about? Besides, obviously, the this tragic passing Doug. of Doug. Doug. Okay, well, here we go. <laughs> Um, uh, this is from Lynn. Hi, I wrote to you about my inability to get NLTPP on Google Podcasts. You suggested I listen to it on paulapoundstone.com. I tried a few times to do this, and each time it cuts off at 10 minutes or so, and that's all she wrote. I'm now listening to audiobooks, and I'm getting quite knowledgeable about the Peloponnesian War. Well, Lynn, Lynn, as it happens, a lot of our shows have dealt with the Peloponnesian War. (laughs) So you can get it from us or you can get it from these audiobooks. Yeah, I mean, usually we start talking about the Peloponnesian War after about the 10-minute mark, right, Paula? Yeah, 
In fact, usually what we say is, is Lynn gone? And then we start talking about the Peloponnesian War. Um, well, that's frustrating, Lynn. I'm so sorry. Um, is there anything else we can help you with? Um, no, I, I, I want, because it's up. The website is up, Lynn. I'm sure of that. Uh, because Bonnie Burns got our web guy to get it up there. Um, so I don't know why that would be. Yeah, Lynn, I am guessing if you're listening on our website and it cuts off, I'm guessing that your phone or your uh, other device is going to sleep and therefore cutting off the podcast 10 minutes in. Or there's another possibility. Lynn herself could be going to sleep. That has happened. (laughs) (laughs) And there's nothing we can do about that. You know, Lynn, um, I've been told by a professional uh, that my podcast isn't for everyone. (laughs) <laughs> and for some no, people I think, only I think 10 Lynn minutes is really of trying it. to listen yeah yeah well the frustrating thing about this is here we are talking to lynn but she can't listen unless we did this in the first 10 minutes and we didn't yeah. um but you know what if, if somebody out there knows lynn um yeah. please try to tell lynn ask ask a friend who's more tech savvy why why she can't listen to the podcast. <laughs> or how about this? If you're at like a bus stop and you're six feet away from someone who's talking to you about the Peloponnesian War, ask them if their name is Lynn and yes. tell them that we said, please try again. We don't understand why it's not working. It could be that her device is going to sleep. That's right. Or she is. All right. Or um, she is. Well, that... That's settled. Thank you for your complaint, Lynn. And uh, yeah, obviously, you, you'll Lynn. never you'll never hear of this. Uh, go on, Tony. What's next? Um, this had a subject line of Paula. No need to shout. And the email read, "Oh, for me, your funniest lines are delivered in a low voice, Richard." <laughs> okay. Really, That's asshole. wow that proves it Um, (laughs) wow so paula i guess you're shouting a lot yeah you know what richard's mother (laughs) sucks dick wow (laughs) and and dick is a nickname for richard so that's more of a calumny than you even intended It's a calumny. That's what it is. Richard, Richard, Paula's, uh, uh, many of Paula's humorous lines are, are said at a high volume and they're equally humorous as to her low volume lines. Uh, 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 I'll keep that in mind, Richard. I'm kidding. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's a well, you know what? Sometimes uh, even <laughs> Wendell says to me that I do shout into the microphone. And, yeah, and uh, I, he, I do too, he's to be been fair. fired on it uh, for that repeatedly. But since I can't fire Richard... Uh, um, yeah, no, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be aware of that, Richard. M- no, no taken, Richard. I, I, I yeah. shout a lot too, so let's, uh, but I've never mm-hmm. been accused of being funny by you. Anyway, uh, maybe, uh, maybe Richard's got a guy who just, just doesn't, he just wants to kind of flatline his podcast. He just doesn't want any, he likes a nice uh, monotone. Right, exactly. Nothing too high, nothing too low, just a five. It's every, N- it's every NPR show that's not, wait, wait, don't tell me. <laughs> welcome back to Welcome back to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Paula Poundstone no. has an interesting story to tell about cats right now, Paula. Fascinating. Um all right, Richard, I will try to keep that in mind. Uh my <laughs> my my mistake. 
How many, you know, right. I find, I, how many of these lines that you felt were delivered in a low voice? <laughs> I mean, because I have a bad feeling that I shout more than I talk quietly, which means I, I am really missing the mark a lot for, for Richard. Or um, I, I got to say, as a comedy professional as well, I have to say that, like, sometimes what makes the low voice funny, the sotto voce thing, as the Italians might say, funny is that you've been screaming before that. I think uh, Richard should consider what dynamics actually mean to comedy. Yeah, dynamics. All right. <laughs> Adam's using physics now. Tony Hill, what else you got? Okay, this next one is an abridged version of the entire email. Um, oh, dear, boy. Wow. Okay. It's for you, Adam. Uh, dear oh. Adam Felber, who is on every show, I tried to read your book. I couldn't. You've taken experimental writing to the edge of a cliff and pushed it over. You owe those friends of yours who wrote the glowing blurbs huge favors. Or perhaps they <laughs> are just <laughs> Or perhaps they are just easily entertained. I am a nobody who loves the podcast and thinks you're funny, witty, and talented. When your so, voice is low. So why did you bury all that in a disjointed story? In trying to read Schrodinger's ball, I felt like you had plucked out my brain and placed it in a pinball machine. <laughs> I may have even cried a tiny bit. Karen Brown. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, Jeez. <clears throat> uh, I didn't mean to pluck anybody's brain out and put it in a pinball machine. And a brain would make a terrible pinball. Um, Karen, all I can say is... Uh, well, I wrote the book a long time ago, um, but it is indeed disjointed. But I've been told by a lot of uh, fans of the book that it's very funny. So I guess I want to hearken back to what our guest today said. <laughs> it's not for everybody. Um, I will add that it really was for the New York Times. And it also was for the New York Times Sunday <laughs> Review of Books, who both gave it glowing reviews as well as uh, booklisted Publishers Weekly. So there are some fans of the novel, but I do understand that it's really weird and um, it's really not for everybody. I mean, I, I doubt anybody on this podcast right now has read it. I I I I I, I, I haven't. <laughs> it's sold out on Amazon. It is sold out on Amazon. Yeah, I, but I, you know what? Ebooks don't sell out, Tony. Yeah, no, it got great reviews. <laughs> Apparently, he owes those people huge favors. <laughs> no, it did get great reviews. I have to be honest. When I read kind of what it was about, I thought uh, I'm never going to understand this. <laughs> like, why even bother? I don't think it's that complicated. But that's, I that's think okay. it was over. I think it was over my head. You know uh, who loved it? Doug loved it. Doug loved it. Oh, D Doug uh, was killed by it. They they found. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, what? Apparently, it was a. Uh, there were bludgeon marks on Doug, and then they found uh -huh. a bloody copy of Schrodinger's ball over on the side of the room, and they're thinking that might have been the murder weapon. Wow. Then it yeah. could be. Wow. That's a, that's another data point in the in the ongoing mystery of Doug's death. Um, I, yeah. You know what, Karen? And it I also say, makes stay, you, stay by the way, a novel, person of. But, but, go ahead. It makes you a person of interest, Adam. Well, yes, I suppose in some ways. I, it's not like I was going to walk into his apartment and beat him to death with my own book. I didn't was say I? that you were a brilliant <laughs> criminal. 
Um, uh, what, yeah, no, but uh, what I would say to Karen Brown is this book might not be for you. For for lots of other listeners, I suggest it might be. It's super funny. Well, there. There. <laughs> Surface issues. All right. <laughs> I've got nobody to corroborate my story now that Doug is dead. So, Tony Nita Hall, why don't you get us our next one? Uh, 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 the, the subject of this uh, email was very gross podcast. Uh, I've enjoyed... <laughs> really? Um, I'm guessing this had to do something with Paula sawing herself in okay. half. Okay, so here we go. Um, I've enjoyed laughs from you on Wait, Wait and your podcast for a long time. But your recent podcast was so fucking disgusting. I had to turn it off when you went into the dialogue about your bowels discharging. My gag reflex was starting. I'm not really sure that I'm interested in listening to you anymore after that. Sincerely, Ed. (laughs) Wow. Okay, for those of you who did skip episode 99... um, Paula, did, I didn't uh, talk about my bowels discharging. You did. <laughs> I no, did, did not. You did. Yeah. Yeah, did? you did. What yeah. did I say? You um you, you actually spent quite a while on the subject. <laughs> um, I think what happened was, was it when I cut myself in half? Yeah, you yeah. cut yourself in half and you spent a lot of time talking about how you know, you, you'd actually gone ahead and done it and not just as a magic trick, and then there was a lot of talk about Organs and effluvia and bowels and hefty no. bags and you know. No, those they're, they're, are not. Ba- but that's not my bowels discharging. No, that's, you use that phrase. I did not. I talked about my organs coming yeah. out, but no, that's your not bowels discharged. No, they did not. It's not even a word I would use. Um, Tony, no, back me up. No. I Ed, think you're I a think little you sensitive. Said it. I mean, I can check the trans. I never right did. Now. I don't. I I don't use the word discharging. So so wrong, Ed. <laughs> Ed, I think your gag reflex is running a little high. <laughs> I gotta agree with you, Ed. I heard Paula talk about uh, her bowels emptying. Uh, and, I did and, not. And citing it as a fun fact about what happens to people when they die. No, I. Hmm. I might have said that you do that you do lose controls of yeah, but uh, but I didn't say I didn't say my bowels were discharging. Um, Ed, keep in mind that that some of the I'm sorry, Ed. It was ter- it was terrible. I never should have done it. And uh, I, you know what? Here's the good news. I am not going to show you my stitches because they are oozing. <laughs> And that is sure to make your, I think, Ed, your gag reflex is just really too, uh, you know, sensitive. Um. And I think that's a great way to provide excellent customer service. Just tell our customers they're too sensitive. Okay. All right. So let's pretend we really do have a, um, a customer service counter. So Ed comes in and he says, you know, you said all these disgusting things and my gag reflex was starting. Then I would open the drawer just under the computer and take out a barf bag and give it to Ed. (laughs) (laughs) That Paula, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that would not be excellent customer service. Well, you know, Ed, I am at fault and I apologize um, one of the things that I always mean to say to listeners is don't picture it. 
Just don't picture it. Because <laughs> that was the name of one of your first albums, wasn't it? Yeah. Don't picture it. Don't picture it, Ed. Paul I'm gonna write that down. Don't picture it. That, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, Ed, I'm really sorry, and I, I do hope that you will give us another chance. I mean, the the truth is that I'm never gonna saw myself in half again because that just did not go well. Right. <laughs> that was not a good one. And just to clarify, Paula, you did not say bowels discharging. You said releasing. What did she say? Releasing. Releasing. Yes. Is that better? I said what? Releasing. You said bowels releasing. There. I knew I didn't use the word discharge. <laughs> All right, everybody. And that that is our complaint department, everybody. Wow. Let's hear Boy, a theme song for these it. Were some, these were some harsh complaints. There, yeah. were, there uh, were others. You know? And can I say the, the nobodies are starting to write, please don't read this on air when they complain. So there were... <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, Is that because we abuse everyone who complains? <laughs> well, what if we don't say their name? Uh, yeah, but we didn't... Nobody knows who Lynn is. Nobody knows who Ed true. is. True. So, the, so we didn't we didn't we didn't unmask them. No, no. These, <laughs> these people these people freely sent in their complaints without the disclaimer. Great. So there there are more. There are more for next. Time. <laughs> well, but thanks Tony, for letting us know. There's more, Tony. That really instills confidence. Yeah, Tony. That's a little disconcerting. <laughs> right. I think this this just proves that I have met Seth's bar uh, in more ways than I had realized. Yeah. Which yeah. is, uh, yeah, I'm being myself, and uh, and people are turning away. <laughs> well, I do want to note that there were no complaints, not a single one, about the Poundstone product line. Right, Paula? Oh, yeah. My store is at paulapoundstone.com. You can get the Poundstone Pussy Pillows, and you know now might be a very good time to grab a copy of my book, the totally understandable, the totally unscientific study of the search for human <laughs> happiness and the rest of my books and CDs and new to the website prescription laughter videos. So the website oh, wow. is up. That's great. And this would be the point in the show when I would usually plug my novel, but I, <laughs> I feel like uh, thanks to Karen Brown, there's no need to do that ever again anymore. <laughs> Schrodinger's ball. You know? Yeah, she did buy it. So thank you for that, Karen Brown. (laughs) No, she may have borrowed it. Um, She might have. We want to hear from all you nobodies out there. And um, if you want to enter our theme song contest or send a succinct show description that might appear on the website or just drop us a line, that's once again, that address is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. That's nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. All right, Paula, do you have anything else to say to our listeners? Oh, I'm sure I do. You can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're all over the place. And check out our Facebook page at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, which I said a little bit loud. I am so sorry, Richard. Sorry, Richard. (laughs) That's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone. And yours truly, Adam the Felberth. Special thanks to guest... Seth Godin, and thanks to house band Eli Wise. Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hall. 
and previously by our intern, Doug. Mixing by Michael Hoagie, Starburns production by Landromo, technical direction by Jessica Gutierrez, transcription services for the show provided by TranscribeMe, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. Oh, I'm sorry. I was spacing because... <laughs> sorry. All right, here we go. And that's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? Wow, I'm, I'm still kind of shaken up by this news about Doug. Oh, my God. And you know what? Um, okay, don't tell this to Ed, but um, his bowels had totally discharged... Wow, have you uh, read the police report? When they found him. Uh, well, yeah. I read the part about the um, Schrodinger's ball book covered in blood just over near the couch. And yeah. it, the, the marks on his head where he was bludgeoned fit right in. Yeah, well, um, that's, that's that's circumstantial at the moment. I read the part about him being found in his signature kimono and jodhpurs. And I got to say, since most of the time we've I've seen him lately, it was via Zoom. I knew about the kimono, but not the jodhpurs. Yeah, no, I didn't know about the jodhpurs. Do you know why I'm talking really quietly right now? So you don't offend Ed? Richard. I'm trying not to offend Richard. Richard. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. I get so confused. It's Ed that I can't talk about bowels discharging with, and it's Richard that I can't be loud with. Oh, damn it. Right, and, or is Ed the up. dead intern? I got it mixed up. I got it mixed is up. Is Ed the dead intern? That's what I wonder. Or no, that's Doug. So you know what? If I were to say this, if I were to say... His bowels were just shooting out. Then it would piss off both Richard and Ed. Well, it's something to shoot for. <laughs> yeah. Starbanks Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.